let's uh, start the podcast. So it's Patrick, it's Solid 60, it's Monday night, though barely, it's actually Tuesday morning. I did mean to do this a bit earlier, but you know how it goes. First up, I had three assignments to give myself last week for, if I include doing an article. I do actually have enough sources for one now, so that's something. I'll still look up a few other places I have in mind. I've probably got way more than enough already. Anyway, Patrick, Solid60, we're starting this right now. Let's hope I can keep up the energy. I was editing last week's, and at the beginning I'm like, yeah, baby, let's rock and roll. And at the end, I'm clearly barely awake. So um, I did get a little nap in today. Hopefully that helped. Because, of course, as everyone knows, I'm up in about four hours. So tomorrow should be interesting. Luckily, at this point, it's a short day. Hopefully it stays that way. I was going to interview... Uh, the PR go after Smash some point after lunch but um, he got in touch tonight and said he can't make it so it's going to be his Presidente of I guess the PR company it'd be nice if it was the president of Smash but I guess that's why they hire people to do that for them at least they're good people you know they're open uh, even after all the stuff I posted on Beyond Cosplay about the photography issues, because it is a big one, and, you know, they they messaged our page, and they're like, hey, we've managed to sort it out a little bit. You can do whatever you want, as long as you're in the venue, and you put your tripods and ridiculously oversized equipment away. I told her that I've started the podcast. I've got Karen messaging me, starting cast, okay, and then she's still asking me questions. This will be the first time I respond. The the resources, because there's a fair bit here. Uh, a lot of it's fresh. I think I kept one over. I had that bloody tiny miniature dragonfly thing sitting there for ages. But then I thought, it's been a while and I don't really know how to sell that. I mean, it's pretty cool. Remote control robot dragonfly that's like the size of your fingernail with cameras on it. I guess it was just sitting there so long it stopped being cool. Everything becomes normal after a while. You can still highlight the awesome actions of awesome people and i've thankfully got a quite a few heroes this week to balance out the usual zeros two articles about the guy that stole a hammer from a bar in melbourne bizarre twist the other hammer was stolen in 2017 there was only two made uh that was recovered after police caught the perpetrators on camera and tracked them down the second one was located at the sydney bar of mjolnir which i think is right near where i used to live in uh, Redfern, so that's pretty cool. In case my voice is a little bit um, weird, it's probably because I've got a large cat sitting on my stomach. If it's anything like public speaking, apparently you you sound a bit better when you're standing up because you've got your entire... You can use your lungs properly. Uh, So hopefully this isn't too difficult to listen to with my... I don't know, if my voice is a little bit more constricted than it would normally be, uh, I'll, I'll find out when I try and edit it in a couple of days. I've got to do the banana split one still. I did that the other day with uh, Jaden, so it was quite fun. I do want to go back to doing it with Elizabeth as well, because get a bit more again that just even having a loud, energetic female voice in there, and she's got a totally different take on most things, so it really spices it up. And you know, like I've said before, when we argue online, she just it it goes it gets ugly. Uh, it's getting it's been better for a while. But back in the day, it was just the same with any kind of online argument. It all gets lost and and comes across a lot harsher than it's meant. But in person, 
it usually works out pretty well. Uh, you, a lot more stuff is forgiven when you're not getting along. So that's another reason. I've been arguing a lot with uh, Ruben, who was on an episode a while ago, the gay marriage debate, and we've still been knocking heads. And it's all part of the fun, and we're still friends and everything, but I think after a while, there's a bit of attrition. If you're pretty much only arguing when you interact, interact um, it could probably wear on the relationship. So I do want to refresh that a little bit and uh, maybe get him on in person. You know, still stand by our values, but put them out there and, and see where the chips fall. And, and then it won't be as... I think, it, yeah, in person, basically, it'll be easy to do that without getting confused about whether it's being taken the wrong way or anything. Uh, Junkie.com is, uh, shares my name, at least the first name. Um, so I've still got to work that out at some point. He's always throwing up articles, and he seems to be better at, A, sticking to one topic, and B, um, just general marketing of it. He knows where to put them and when. So maybe get some advice and talk about the whole world and how you get people reading your shit, because I know that ain't happening on my end. And uh, it's just a little weird. I'm sure at some point, someone somewhere would either read what I've written or listen to what I've said and go, yeah, that's mildly interesting. I'm not expecting an award or slavish fans, but just someone out there on the same level going, hey man, that wasn't bad. That's that's all. Some kind of mild validation. I know you've got to put in some real effort to get real rewards, and I know I'm only putting in so much effort. But, yeah, so something that would be equivalent to the amount of effort that's getting put in. So I know that will require some tweaking, effort-wise, to get there. But, like, considering the quality that I come across in my research, that's what we're going to call it, my daily browsing, uh, and you look at their Facebook pages, and they've got less likes than mine. Like, the old cosplay is like, it's been stuck on 5,000 for a while, but it's still 5,000 likes. Oh, there it is, Philippa Sandal. There's two different editions, there's an American one and the Australian one, which has got a slightly cooler colour. It's just a darker blue. And it's basically 37 different stories about cats that live their lives out on ships. It's very freaking specific, but if you go through the different stories, and she has a blog called seafarers.com, uh, some pretty funny stories on there with interesting illustrations. So I'm guessing it's aimed at like a... Well, everyone likes pictures, but clearly there's a young adult kind of fan crowd. They're like photos mixed with art, like hand-drawn art, and then pictures of cats in all kinds of uh, tight spots. And then it goes on about... Um, you know, she's gone through all sorts of sources, like the one I read in The Spectrum, which is what got me here, and... Uh, Got it in front of me. It was the 8th of April, and I came across it during my bathroom reading. There's a picture of a cat of the cat itself, Tom Whiskers, the veteran of World War. I think it was the first one. Yeah, 1919. Formerly mascot of USS Solace, now ship's cat. USS Relief is still going strong. There's a picture of a very proud-looking cat, mostly black with a white chest. Looks a little bit like a cross between... Compi and Scooter, my two cats. But ironically, I was going to read it out on here, at least a, a section of it, and I left it in my room so I had it ready to go. And the younger cat, Scooter, decided to use it as a scratching post. 
So a good half of the article is now just in shreds. But I'm loving that irony. But that sent me down the rabbit hole online because I knew it must be somewhere and discovered that even though the Good Weekend has a sort of area on the Sydney Morning Herald site map, Spectrum does not. You have to look through the books section and I could not find, for the life of me, the um, it's a one-page article about her book. It's basically an excerpt of, uh, from Seafarer's The Ship's Cats Who Lapped and Mapped the World by Philippa Sandell. And I did look up a few articles on copyright. And in Australia, it's a bit stricter than America. But as long as you credit people and you're not competing in the same marketplace, i.e. taking money away from them, it's pretty good. You can comment on it. You can do satire. You can't just repurpose it for your own artwork. But uh, yeah, as long as you're not just going, hey, here's a story by so-and-so and read the entire story and then sign off, uh, you'd probably still get away with that. But... I think if I'm going to use more content in that way, I'll still kind of interject my own take on it. And if it's reviewy enough, that should be fine. And that's why I'll get to the actual thing that grabbed me. It was a literal, like an actual correspondence between these two commanding officers of two different Navy warships, or sorry, hospital ships in the U.S. Navy. And they were the first, as far as I can see, I did read up on this a little bit, uh, U.S. Navy ships dedicated as hospital vessels. The first one was sent on the 13th, December 1919, from Commanding Officer of the USS Solus to his compatriot on the USS Bell. Subject, ship's cap. Looks just like an email, but I'm guessing it was either a cable or maybe an actual handwritten letter. It is a long time ago. Several members, this is the letter, of the crew of this ship have informed me, the commanding officer, that the mascot of the Solace, Thomas Whiskers, has been kidnapped or catnipped by certain members of your crew and is being impounded on board your ship. This mascot is a large black tom and when last seen was in dress uniform consisting of a leather collar with brass tag marked USS Solace. If this cat is on board your ship, please inform me and I will send a member of the crew for it. It's pretty curt. No flowery language or anything. No threats, but just matter of fact. If you have the ship, let me know, and I'm going to come and get it. Sorry, if you have the cat. Uh, so, you know, it's the mascot. He's having it back. Clearly, this is a pretty standard thing by this point in time for ships to have mascot cats. Uh, I don't know if they still do. I'm going to have to obviously get this book at some point. I mean, it's, she's got a Facebook page. She responded to me on that. So I gave her a five-star review, and she's got the blog, so she clearly is doing as much as she can. It's been out for like over a year, because the earliest post is from early 2017, and she's trying to kind of, milk it's the wrong word, but keep it relevant, because much as she runs an editing outsource, what was it? There was a bio somewhere, basically. She's a freelance journalist, and uh, also her business is some kind of um, editing consultancy, that's it. I don't know how busy that would be, um, but obviously it's a bit of a pet project and she's got the, a blog that's frequently updated, a Facebook page, which is still quite active, and then this one book. Um, and yeah, from what I can read, it's pretty pretty good stuff, so hopefully she keeps doing what she's doing. But what my point is, if I just start reading bits out of it, that might cut into her 
I can see her doing something similar eventually, given that she's quite prolific with sharing its contents. So I wouldn't want to just go page by page ever. It would be a few highlights and then, you know, hopefully someone else picks it up. So there we are. That was the first letter. He got a response. It says 1920. I can't believe it would. But then again, you know, so maybe it's two weeks later. Then you're in the next year. It's fair enough. Reference your letter of December 13th. Your ship's cat whiskers is being returned under guard, but an explanation of his presence aboard the ship is no doubt due you. So he's coming across quite apologetic, but with, with a fair bit of respect. Prior to our departure from alongside the Solace, the cat in question developed a warm regard for the USS Bell, consequently spending much of his time aboard. On the morning we shifted berth, his presence aboard was unknown to us. Later, in the day after your ship had sailed, he was found to have taken possession of an unoccupied stateroom. The master-at-arms immediately made him prisoner, on the ground that he was a stowaway, incarcerated him in the paint locker. This will account for the fact that he is no longer the black cat you describe, but Battleship Grey. We advise against the removal of his collar, since its low visibility aids the performance of his duties. In regard to the dress uniform worn by the prisoner, in his attempts to remove the paint, he pulled off the collar and lost it. The ship feels under no obligation in regard to the latter. In adding one ten-cent collar to its stores, it lost two dollars worth of paint. <laughs> That's it. These are... <laughs> so something about that just tickled me. And I might sound like an old man, but I love the thought that these two captains were just carrying on like it was the signing of a armistice or forming a strategy to take on the Japanese and they're simply talking about a ship's cat just completely love it and that's going to get bookmarked as well the grog ration volume three that's where she found this she didn't write this it was just some actual correspondence contained in a really obscure naval magazine that you can only read by downloading the PDFs of, um, <clears throat> and it's called, yeah, the Grog Ration, and now it's been renamed to the Grog, and it took some Googling to find it, let me tell you. Articles that I like to find, the biggest hero of the day, I do believe, would be Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, he was hired a hero after fending off four men attacking a Deliveroo cyclist. I didn't realise they had them all over the world. I thought, well, Deliveroo sounds kind of Australian. Maybe it's just a Sydney thing, but that shows that I need to get out of town a bit more. British actor Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays the fictional character Sherlock Holmes, like we didn't know that, um, confronted several men who allegedly tried to rob a food delivery man. The life-imitating art in incident saw the 41-year-old actor jumping to the rescue. The gang attacked the cyclist and even smashed a bottle on his head. Cumberbatch, who was riding in an Uber with his wife, jumped from the car and intervened. Reports said he yelled at the group, saying, leave him alone. He then dragged the four men off the cyclist and was almost punched by the men, but managed to dodge the attack. The gang then fled the scene, which incidentally took place near the fictional home of popular character Sherlock Holmes in Baker Street. The Uber driver, who was taking him and his wife to a club, said the cyclist was lucky. Benedict's a hero. Mr. Manuel Diaz, 53, was also quoted by the Sun as saying he did not know he was ferrying Cumberbatch in his Uber car at first. As the car was about to turn in, while well, hoping he knew he had someone in the car, 
I think the point is he didn't realise how famous he was. They were about to turn into a high street. They saw four guys pushing around the cyclist. My passenger jumped out, ran over and pulled the men away. They turned towards him and things looked like they were getting worse, so I joined in. It was only after Mr. Cumberbatch yelled at the group that Mr. Diaz realised it was the Doctor Strange actor. So he may just casually mention his much bigger role, I would say. A lot more people know him for that rather than Sherlock. That's pretty much how it went. Mr. Benedict asked if the cyclist was okay, according to Diaz. When he said he was okay, the actor then hugged him. God, this guy just... What a legend. Uh, Reminds me of the Tom Hardy thing a few years ago where he chased down a guy on a freaking motorbike by jumping over uh, some fences to cut him off and tackle him because he just robbed some woman. I think it was like a mugging. Like it's it's sort of like something that happens in Grand Theft Auto, which I've still been playing way too much. But yeah, it's like those random encounters. You're like, whoa, I'm going to kill like seven people trying to catch the guy just to give like $50 back to some poor woman. It's real life. And this guy is just, there's him, Harrison Ford, uh, Tom Hardy. I'm sort of stuck on those guys as heroes that literally do something that a superhero would do. Spider-Man praised as true hero by family of boy left dangling while dad played Pokemon Go. See, that's the uh, the other big news of the week. A migrant um, actually got his citizenship and met the French president because he managed to climb up a building. The footage is pretty good. If you're listening to this, I don't know how you wouldn't have seen it, but yeah, he's from Mali in Africa and it's just, just flies up that building. Just look it up. Spider-Man, Paris, rescues baby. Any of that stuff in Google will find it for you, and uh, it's worth a watch. This guy's he immediately was given a job as a firefighter. It's like it's it's like a children's storybook where things just happen. Oh, he he rescued a kid. The next day, he's a firefighter and meets the president. It's like the sort of shit that happens when you're five and reading a storybook. You don't think, yeah, yeah, that when you when you're the parent reading it, you're like, well, that's cute, but it would never happen in real life. And hello, that literally just happened. Judge uh, ruled against Sesame Street in the lawsuit over the Happy Time Murders, which is a new Melissa McCarthy movie. They're upset about any references to Sesame Street in the trailers, basically. Uh, the tagline on the posters as well, it's no Sesame, all street, which is kind of cute. And US District Judge Vernon Broderick has now rejected that uh, argument, ruling in favour of the film and allowing continued use of the tagline, which for me is a victory for common sense. And it's funny that the people suing, they're just different publicity companies, but they're both owned by, in terms of, they both share the same clients. So it's a bit confusing. But I'll go more into that when I do the article. Uh, we've also got the news that the new Star Wars movie Solo has the worst opening weekend in franchise history by far. And a follow-up article I saw elsewhere, he said that even though he's got two more movies contracted, they're probably not going to do that now and basically just maybe stick him in the Boba Fett movie as a cameo. So that's kind of sad because I did like the movie. I don't know what happened there. Like, I think it was just the market was over oversaturated. You know, it didn't even hit 100. It got 83 million. So the Force Awakens got 250. Rogue One was 150. Last Jedi up to 220. So it made 65 million in the Friday to Sunday window from international markets including China, which is not the greatest. It's a bit of a worry. First of the new Star Wars movies to not open in December, 
comes just five months after The Last Jedi. Despite the slow start, of course, they're moving forward on more Star Wars movies. The next one is Episode Nine in December next year. While they're also planning standalone films for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, that's cool. I'd love it if they used uh, Ewan McGregor again. He has said he's keen to reprise his role, so hopefully they stick him in there somewhere. If not the entire thing, but, you know, he still doesn't look that much different from when he was in the prequels, so... You know, that would work. Obviously, Lando might get one on Boba Fett, as it was confirmed, being directed by Logan director James Mangold. So I don't think it's going to be R-rated, but it should be good. Creators of Game of Thrones have been hired for a new Star Wars film series. We don't know what that is, but it's a fairly big universe. They could go anywhere with it. Uh, so Zero, let's go for another government organization this week, specifically the head of the NBN, blaming online gamers he said heavy users causing fixed wireless congestion is predominantly gamers he later rejected the notion that gamers were a problem NBN Co would not have information on the behavior of end users to confirm they were gamers but referred to people who do have familiarity with it he's just it's so wrong-headed and uh, it's basically the liberals fault for like I don't understand the exact technology but Basically, the, it's something to do with copper to the home, where it should have been fiber all the way, and they cut the budget, and now we're suffering for it. We've got probably some of the slowest internet in the Western world. Thanks, liberals. Uh, another hero here, Black Panther stunt actor, reimbursed a fruit vendor family for the money stolen during a gas station attack. That's a long headline. And, and trust me, I shortened it. Fairly handsome black dude, uh, stunt actor in the film Black Panther, hailed as a real-world superhero. So this is right up my alley. It's exactly the kind of thing I'm looking for. Family who's not identified by name, but they have a photo of the... In- I guess that's the mother, the father, and a boy? Hang on. I can't seem to make... Oh, that's a great photo. They look like they've just crossed the border from down south, but, you know, they're hard-working people, so good on them. And he's even wearing his Black Panther shirt as he hugs them. Yeah, very, very, uh, not just Hispanic, but like jungle Hispanic, you know, like the real native uh, Peru kind of look that they have. Don't know how racist that sounds. <laughs> the family has not been identified. I just finished work when they pulled their pickup into a 7-Eleven on the corner of East Avenue early hours of Monday morning. They were attacked by four women. Jesus. When a dispute that broke out over a gas pump escalated into violence, a purse was taken from the truck, and when one of the family members attempted to get it back, you would. They're hard-working, you know, blue-collar. They just they've earned that money. You're gonna go after it. They were punched in the face. A second victim who tried to regain custody of the purse was also struck in the face. None of them had time to learn how to do any kind of martial arts. They just had to suck it up. Now, several members assaulted in the court on video incident including children a wallet inside the stolen purse contained seven hundred dollars that had been earmarked for the family's rent uh, so they lost their rent money that sucks i feel the pain after stunt actor tony todd saw a report on monday night he immediately knew what he had to do it really touched me to think that the young lady was selling fruit for a living and she was feeding a family five do you know how long it would have taken to earn that money like that's working all day for you know god knows how long weeks I, that's a lot of money from selling fruit which means 
for probably 12, 15 hours a day. He portrayed one of the members of the border tribe. They had the rhinos, I think. Uh, the first thing he thought when he saw footage of the attack was his mother, who worked hard to raise the three children. He drove from Santa Monica to Lancaster to hand over cash in person and give the young lady a hug. He said the recipients were crying when he gave them the money. Uh, the sheriff's department commended his actions. While Mr. Todd and other actors may portray heroic characters on screen, it's people like him who show us every day that there are real heroes among us. Thank you for being a role model for our community. Uh, so far, two female suspects have been arrested. Uh, one a juvenile, the other was 19. Emily Jones, or at least they named them. Uh, they're still looking for the others. So hopefully they do some hard time, because that's no way to go through life, son. Quest to find Thor's hammer pillaged from Viking Bar in Melbourne. So yeah, that's the... Uh, I think I read this already. Basically, this guy picked up one of two in the world, uh, like made by the guy from Lord of the Rings. There was a little bit in here somewhere about that. Two middle-aged men entered Molnia, a Viking-themed bar and restaurant. They later returned the same evening with three other friends telling staff, we came back for the hammer. So it's not like they didn't warn them. You'd think they would have kept an eye on them. Uh, obviously they were all blind drunk. One male decided to pick up the hammer and wave it around thinking he was Thor. And from that moment he's placed it on the ground before wrapping it in his jumper. With Thor's hammer stuffed in his jumper, he left the bar at about 2.51am. They were genuine customers, but police believe they, yeah, it was opportunistic, obviously. I hope there's no menacing, menacing thoughts behind their actions. It's all just a joke and they can return the hammer. So it's only been open for eight weeks. So there, to say there is sentimental value is an understatement. Obviously, it was made and designed by a person who's worked on all of the Lord of the Rings equipment and outfits. It's the symbol of their restaurant. Its value is quite serious. So then they made a uh, statement on Facebook. Just as in Infinity War, I call you, the Facebook universe, I call on you to unite in our guest quest to have Molnir return to us. And I don't know if that worked, but basically was found at the Melbourne airport. A day later, a 52-year-old man presented himself to a Perth police station. Obviously, he bottled out, threw it in a... Was it a bin? Turned up at the Melbourne airport. It doesn't say where. Good on him for sobering up and at least handing it in. He could have just thrown it somewhere. And he's, you know, I guess with his face on camera, they were going to find him anyway. I don't know why and where I found it on uh, Fark.com. It was labelled as a hero. I suppose it's hero-related in the fact that Thor is a hero, but this guy definitely isn't. He's just a drunk idiot. Come on, guys. It's a small business. Don't be a dick. I've got this article here. News anchor and a cameraman killed when a tree topples onto their van. And it's got their pictures in there. That's kind of sad. <laughs> it's weighted. Bring the podcast down. Uh, the headline on FARC was a bit more um, amusing. It was like, Will, God, what are the odds, though? They were in an SUV. Um, they were covering downpours that had been drenching Polk County. Uh, as they drove on Highway 176, so they weren't just parked. They were driving north of the South Carolina border. Christ. One of our crews, Spartanburg Bureau reporter Mike uh, and his photographer, lost their lives today covering breaking news. Goldsmith grimly told viewers. Uh, so Carol uh, Goldsmith kept a stiff upper lip as she broke the sad news to viewers. Damn, I, I will try and spin this article. They wanted newspaper boys or women, or anyone, actually. Before McDonald's, there were newspaper boys or girls uh, with brave P 
parents is for entry level jobs. I'm really losing it. Like it's now one in the morning, and I do have the onset of a cold. And I've got a feeling that the more I read, the more my mouth is just not coping with forming words. So hopefully I can stay clear and concise as I do want to get through this. It's it's basically saying that it's way too hard for um, them to get anyone to bother to do this. It's several cents a copy, that's back in the day, required discipline and some salesmanship. At least I didn't have to sell them, I just delivered them. I had an old Kmart mountain bike that was worth like, I don't know, $50. I had some plastic crates kind of uh, bolted on to the front and back. And I just took off every morning at 5 o'clock in the a.m. Had to help roll them, stack the crates, get up on the hill. There's some steep damn hills. Wagga is uh, pretty damn hilly. I don't know how else to put it. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of riding. I think it was about an hour all up to go to do my run. And it's about 200 papers. And I do that every morning until I think the only day I got to sleep in was Sunday. And I got the princely sum of $20 in the hand for that. I can't believe I did that for a couple of years. And I think I spent most of it on comics and video games. So, because God knows, I don't think I was getting much of a, like, pocket money. It was maybe, I think my dad was like, well, look, I'm feeding you. And you get presents now and then. It's your birthday, so that should be enough. And I couldn't fault his logic, so I had to get my money my own way. So I suppose that taught me some responsibility, which I've occasionally do completely forget. It's a good way to keep fit before that was a thing, yeah. As this goes on, good luck with all that. Forget the schwins. I'm just picking a random sentence out of there. I should probably go back to it. Most afternoon papers are gone now, dead or morphed into morning blats. Is that like a morning blat as in a BLT? With an improving economy, many better jobs are available, and there are more rules. Newspaper delivery persons need to be at least 18 and already own a car. Well, that rules out 90% of them, doesn't it? And they need a desire to work from 2 to 6 a.m. Well, that's not going to happen. We take pride in providing exceptional journalism as well as exceptional customer service. Lisa DeSisto wrote her readers the other day. We're falling down on the ladder. You might think, what's the big deal? Go online. But fortunately for newspapers owning expensive presses, there's still a market, albeit an aging one, for readers who like to hold the newsprint in their hands. Yeah, I still much prefer that experience. Unemployment in Maine is at its lowest in 70 years, which is a good thing for workers and President Trump. But for DeSisto, that means trouble finding deliverers. There's much free news online and a tariff on newsprint from Canada. So DeSisto wrote an explanation. Our entire staff is distraught over the uneven service we've been providing. We are committed to making it better. Other paper employees have chipped in to help fill the gap in 27 empty routes between Edgecombe and the home of 93-year-old President Bush, who's living in Kenny Bunkport. But even with... I know I'm saying that wrong. Even with GPS and flashlights, that takes extra time to find the roadside newspaper tubes. God, I just threw the things. It's offering signing bonuses for newcomers and incentives for great service. Retired couples, rekindle your romance under the stars on a route close to your home. Seriously, if you know anyone who'd be interested in delivering the paper, please call our carrier hotline. So that might have to do. The physical stuff didn't happen. The article hasn't quite happened because the interview got postponed. Hopefully I'll get some time 
to do a bit of that tomorrow. Be a bit more productive. I can't think of anything else that's going on. I'm going to see Lewis this week. Maybe watch The Incredibles. I think that comes out in June. Um, but I've been really keen to... I bought a Wii. Uh, no, sorry. I keep calling it that. It's a Switch. Uh, the Nintendo's... Silly names. Sony, at least, is just PS1, PS2, PS3. Um, I suppose with the handheld stuff, it was a bit confusing. PSP, Vader. I think they've given up now. The only game in town is basically mobile phones or the uh, Switch. Um, so I've got that. I played it online a bit the other night. Mario Kart was fun. I got Smash, though. I mean, it was still fun. That's the thing about that game. Even when you lose, you're like, yeah, had a good time. So it'd be a good way to uh, stay in touch with him, hopefully, once we figure out how to add each other online. He will have to start paying for it, though, after September. It's like Xbox Live. You need to pay, like, a subscription. Somehow I'll help him out with that. If we can't see each other every day, we can at least throw red shells at each other. To me, that's a a nice way to bond. But yeah, on that note, I'll uh, keep you posted. Hope you do have a solid week. If anyone's listening to this, do get in touch. Let me know what you think. I've not been sharing this anywhere, so <laughs> I don't know how anyone's supposed to find it. I guess I'm just too um, embarrassed to put it out there. An audio diary that I never kind of listened to myself either. <laughs> Can I have one? Right, I've got to promise myself next week I will do this earlier in the day I will do this with a little bit more preparation and uh, we're all going to have a good time, okay? There will be an uptick. Life will correct itself. The Monday I'm actually doing the E3 as the power armor. I need to get that fixed up this week as well. Uh, Wearing the power armor, I managed to get myself an invite to the Bethesda streaming of E3. So I'll be able to review that. Not too much because I'll save some of it for Banana Split, but basically that should be an interesting day. So you'll, you'll get the inside scoop a week later so yeah okay that's 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 all i got but uh enjoy your week and uh stay cool i love you all